Hello and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. My name's Darren and I'm here with Faith. Hi. Pastor Faith. And we will get to the sermon in just a little bit, but we wanted to make some time and space to talk about something special that we've been having on Sundays. And it's a new song that Pastor Faith, you and your husband, Josh, wrote, and we've shared it with our community. Tell us a little bit about it. What's the name of it? Yeah. And where did it come from? Yeah, so it's called We Need You. Um, and I, I'm going to root this in 1 Corinthians 2 when Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Um, the, the first thing that was written for this song was the beginning of that bridge section that says, We don't need better plans. We don't need clever thoughts. We need your Spirit, O oh God. We don't want the wisdom of man. We want we want a display of God's power, which is really what the world needs. They don't need to see a show, or even in the area of worship, they don't need to hear good music. We need to see a display of the power of God. So it came from that heart cry. And then the beginning of the song kind of sets up this space where we invite Holy Spirit, we open our hearts, we clear out all the distractions, the things that get in the way. And then just simply cry out for more of Him. And it's this this longing to be a, a space where the Spirit would rest mm-hmm. as a community. Yeah, I love that. That's such a the heart and core value of Garden Church. Exactly. Knowing that the Spirit is present, like He's welcome to the party and we get to celebrate. And I so appreciate the beauty and creativity that you've been cultivating, not only with worship, but just something that we can invite the rest of our community into. And, and it's so cool when, when uh, in the recording of this song, it's the first time that we shared it. And it's like people have been singing it for weeks. <laughs> and it was just such a cool thing to experience. And so we're so happy for those of you that have experienced that with us on a Sunday morning. And we want to see just more original songs being birthed from this place. Um, that you're talking about, just being saturated in the Holy Spirit. So we are welcoming you to stick around after the sermon where you can hear a live recording of the song, We Need You, and I hope it blesses your heart. Welcome to the Gardens Podcast. This message titled Faith with Attitude was given by Bill Dogtrum and is the 23rd in our series, The Kingdom. Just as I um, was worshiping with you this morning, I uh, had a sense that there are some of us um, today who are really, um, you've noticed that things are really starting to tick you off. You know, the road rage has moved home. And um, things that, you know, previously would just kind of go on by are starting to really get traction in your soul. And you're just kind of... And maybe you've already hit a, a trigger point and exploded on somebody you care about. Because this kind of stuff is not reserved for strangers. It's, it's, it, it comes home. Um, and And... As I was worshiping, I had a sense that I needed to say, this is not about stuff out there. This is about stuff in here. It's as we are inside in chaos that we try and organize everybody else around us so that if everybody else is okay doing what they're supposed to do, by which I mean what? What I want them to do. 
then I'll be okay. The truth is, even if everybody else out here is playing the game the way you want them to play, you're still in chaos inside. And I don't know where the anger comes from. I don't know where the expectations, this is what I'm thinking it is, that you've had expectations that have been disappointed and you're pouting is what it finally comes down to. Can I give you an opportunity just to let that go this morning and say, you know, it's not my husband or my wife or my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my employees or my boss or the customers or the guys on the 405 freeway. It's me, oh Lord. I need help here. I need to grow up. And I just want to take a minute and before we get into the word say, can we bring that to Jesus and just leave it with him? Would you do that with me? If I can pray with you, let's bow our heads for a minute because I don't want to mess anybody up. But if I can pray with you in that, uh, could you mind just raising your hand and saying, that's where I'm at right now? Yeah. God, there's a bunch of us, myself included, that are saying, okay, I get it. This isn't about stuff happening at home. This isn't about other people. This isn't about my schedule. This isn't about anything other than that I've had my expectations disappointed and I'm bummed. And Lord, I just want to bring that to you. And it seems so silly to say, please help me to let go of stuff that I shouldn't have had a hold on in the first place. Please, Lord, help me to grow up into a life of faithfulness that lives with expectancy but without demand to become the kind of person who can be interruptible when things don't go the way I want them to go who can take advantage of life as it actually happens, not be blinded to it because it's not what I wanted. Help me in this, Lord. Help us in this, O oh Lord. Help us to let go of this seething rage, this anger that has been building up and live a new way by choice, fueled by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, last week, uh, Darren uh, led us uh, in, into an understanding. We're, remember, we're, we're as, a, as a church community, we're trying to figure out what it means to live from the center rather than defined by rules at the edge. We are trying to sort through what that means. And so last week, Jesus and the Pharisees were going at it, kind of hammer and tongs over um, what what he thought he was doing by, by, by allowing his disciples not to wash properly or by, by not insisting that they follow the rules and regulations that the Pharisees had defined as being the kind of ways that life gets negotiated properly, right? So as we, as we uh, work through this story, uh, I'm going to lower this down a little bit. Um, as we work through this story, one of the things that begins to happen is the tension between Jesus and the Pharisees now is, is just, the, the pot is just about ready to boil over, right? And, and, the, and they are about ready to call him out. They are already thinking through how can we, how can we get rid of this guy. Um, and it's going to, now that, by the way, is a strategic um, element in the story because Jesus pardon me for putting it this way, needs to get killed, right? And he needs to be put to death, not for doing bad things, 
but for calling people out and, and, and for bringing them right to the edge of their faith that doesn't work anymore. Does, does that make sense? And, and, and when they feel things, but there's a timing for that. It's got to happen in a particular time. And so as Jesus, if, if you can imagine this, he needs, to, he needs to keep the hot on the pot, but not boil over yet. Right? So if, you, if, you're, if you're in the kitchen, if you're cooking, if you're making something, and the pot is starting to boil before it's ready, what do you do? You take it off the heat. You turn the heat down. So what does Jesus do when this is happening? This is uh, How to Boil Water 101. Every, everybody okay with me on this? Right? So things are starting to heat up in, in, in the political realm. And remember, Jesus has spent time. We've, we've run into this over and over again in the Gospel of Mark. He's saying when he heals somebody, what? Don't tell anybody. Right? Uh, and, and, and why? Because he doesn't want that thing to be. He doesn't want to be somebody's political messiah because that's going to get in the way of what he needs to actually be doing, right? So now the pot is beginning to boil, so what does he do? He leaves town. The tension between Jesus and the Pharisees has gotten so intense that the next thing that's going to happen here uh, is, is um, you can feel it coming, right? So what does he do? Verse, um, we're in, in chapter 7. In the Gospel of Mark, if anybody needs a Bible, by the way, we've got them around the edges. Uh, if you don't mind, just raising your hand real quick. Um, if you don't have one, uh, the Garden believes it's important for everybody not to just bring a, not just to have, use a Bible on Sunday, but to use it during the week. So, if anybody needs one, Tyler's got us up here. Anybody, just raise your hand real quick. Okay, uh, in this version, I am on page uh, 819, and we're at verse 24 of chapter 7 of the Gospel of Mark. So. Temperature is building. Jesus needs to cool things down. So, verse 24, he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know that he was there. But he couldn't escape notice. A woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now, the woman was a Gentile. She was of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter, but Jesus said to her, Let the children be fed first. It's not fair to take the children's food and give it to the dogs. But she answered, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. How many of you are thinking, Jesus is sounding like a jerk here? Is it okay for me to say that out loud? You're okay? Okay. So, 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 so she said to him, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home and found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. So then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. So he took the man aside privately away from the crowd 
put his fingers into his ears, spat and touched his tongue, and looking up to the heavens, he sighed and said, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, he spoke with plainly. Then Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone. But the more he ordered it, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. These are strange little stories here. These are the ones that you wouldn't preach if you weren't preaching verse by verse through a book. You know, anybody, because if you're, if you're studying the Bible, if you're preaching uh, like, like, like we're doing here, these are the ones you're just saying, what the heck is going on here? This is strange stuff, especially the one with the Syrophoenician woman, uh, verses 34 through, um, uh, excuse me, 24 through, uh, through about 30 there, where, where it sounds like Jesus is, is, is saying to this poor woman, I mean, here she is, Put yourself in her position. Her little girl, the, the technical language in that indicates that this girl is, is somewhere under the age of, of 10, so somewhere in there. She's not an infant. She's, she's a, a little girl. Uh, she's survived the death rate, which is about 50% infant mortality rate at this time. So she has survived to being seven, five, six, seven years of, years of age. But somewhere in, in this culture... Uh, a demon has attached itself, an evil spirit has attached itself to her. And she, this mother, feels, and, and, and there's all kinds of, of rationale for that. It could be a husband who has, has, has uh, betrayed the trust as a, as a desire for business acumen. Because remember, how did, you, how did you gain success in that ancient world? You wanted the gods to bless you, so how did you get the gods to bless you? You gave them what was valuable to you. There is that kind of a thing going on here. Um, uh, so, so, so we have this scenario. We don't know what, how this happened, but now this woman comes to Jesus and wants help. She bows down, acknowledging that she recognizes who he is. So already, Jesus, Larry, I don't know if you were able to find it. Can, can you put that, that uh, map back up for me? Does everybody see where we are? So Jesus has been in battle. See, you, Darren didn't like my little fist thing of the Galilee, so now we got a map. All right, fine. So anyway, here we are. He starts off the conflict with the Pharisees in, is on the west side of that Sea of Galilee, over there by Magdala. You see it there, right? So Jesus, in order to take the pot off the stove and cool things down a little bit, see where he goes? All the way up in the upper left-hand side there to the beach city of Tyre. What do you think he was doing on the beach city of Tyre? I think he was chilling. Don't you? Wouldn't you do that? I mean, even today, it is a resort community. It's like, it's like Long Beach or Huntington Beach, or you go up the Central Coast, something like that. It's right on the Mediterranean. I mean, really? Jesus has taken a holiday. I love this. So he's there, and, and, and so it serves a double purpose. The pot's off the, off the stove, cooling down. Now he's up there in Tyre, right? But he can't get away on vacation. Anybody know what this feels like? No matter where you are. Judy and I one time left our church. 
for a weekend away, and we were staying in Laguna Beach, just on PCH there. It was a beautiful time. We walked across the beach on a Sunday morning. We decided not to go to church that Sunday morning, and we went and, t- and went down the steps and, and were sitting on, on the rocks, right? Uh, uh, a little bit, I don't know if it's north or whatever it is, of the main beach area there. Do you know what I'm talking about? The tide pools. It was wonderful. We were sitting there, and out of the water, seriously, come scuba guys that I recognize are men from my church. We, I am trying to get away from these people, and they are coming at me out of the water. How does this happen? So here's Jesus. He's in Tyre. He's wanting to take the pot off the... Right? And she, she recognizes who he is and now presses in. He's up on the roof catching some rays. Or I don't know what he's doing. But, but, but now she comes to him with her need. Her need is bigger than his need to rest. This is her thinking. So notice where we are. We are out of Israel now. We are out of Jewish territory. We are fully engaged in Gentile territory. And notice what Mark says. She is a Gentile. Hellenistic is literally the word there. And she is of the Syrophoenician uh, uh, or of Syrophoenician origin. So she is, a, she is a woman, she is a Gentile, and she is on as far out of compliance with the cup washers from last week as you can possibly imagine. She is out, out, and out. Three strikes. You, you with me? And here she comes, little girl, demon-possessed, leaves her at home, comes and puts herself at risk with Jesus. She bows down, recognizing in that language, the language here is the language of worship. The, The Greek word in behind this is the language of worship. She bows down. She prostrates herself in a posture of worship and prayer and begs him. Can you feel the desperation of this mom's heart? Her husband, perhaps, has sold his daughter down the river for financial success, and mom has to live with the day-to-day consequences of that. Right? And she begs Jesus to do what she knows he can do. And what's his response? No. It's not time. We've got to make sure that the gospel, the good news, the kingdom comes to Israel first. There'll be time for y'all Gentiles later. Right? Now, now, technically, this is true. Jesus is not being a jerk. He is doing his Father's will. Because what was the Father's will for Israel? The Father's will for Israel was that they get Jesus and become the light of the world the way he intended in the first place. Right? That's that's what's supposed to happen. Now, Jesus knows this is not what's going to happen, but he doesn't want to step out of the Father's will and plan in this uh, at at a fundamental level. So so, so we're we're on, on board there. But at the same time, this woman doesn't care about the Father's will doesn't care about Israel per se, but he, she knows that he has capacity to help her, and she knows that there is a, a, a loophole that she can get through. Because notice what he says. And by the way, Jesus isn't being mean when he says, 
it's not fitting to give to the dogs the food of the children. The children here are Israel, the dogs are the gentle. He's not saying they're dogs in the sense of, of unworthy or it's just a, it's a, it's a, a, a euphemism, it's a characteristic. But it still comes across to us as being dismissive, right? Except she won't be dismissed. All right. You want to play this? All right. Here we go. It's okay, however. I, 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 I see your raise. I'm, I'm going to raise you one more. It's okay, isn't it, for the crumbs falling off the table to be eaten by the dogs? And Jesus loves this. This, this, do you see what he's saying? For your answer, you may go. Your daughter has been here. In other words, what's she doing? Her faith is playful, it's robust, and it won't be put off. Right? She is present. It's faith with an attitude. You with me? She's not disappointed in Jesus. She knows who he is. She's not backing away and saying, fine, you're not God after all. I got it wrong. She is saying instead, look, I get it. However, can we play here? Is there slop in the system? And Jesus says, I love this. I think sometimes that he wishes more of us had that kind of an attitude. Not about getting a thing from him, but getting real relationship with him. Do you see? Because I think we worship Jesus on Sunday, and then we put him in his little box, and then we go off and do our stuff on Monday. Do you, do you see? Not this woman. She gets who he is, and is willing for him to get who she is. I'm not going away. I know how to fix this. Are you willing to play with me here? Is there a playfulness to your faith? And she presses in. And when she goes home, she discovers what? Her daughter has been delivered. Right? So that's, that's the first part of the story. Pots off the, off the stove. You with me? By the way, I'm going to circle back around on this one when we come to conclusion because I think this is what Jesus is saying to us as a community. However, this next story is an important one as well. Put my map back up. Uh, if you don't mind, Larry, sorry, man. Um, so here we are in the region of Tyre, upper left-hand corner, right? Now, it's not on the map, but if you keep going north on the coast, you come to a little town called Sidon, right? So if you'll notice here in verse 31, he returned from the region of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. Now, it's not less listed here, but the Decapolis, you see where it says Golan Heights there? Goes south uh, up about four inches. So you get this Yamak River, and, and, and in that region, just north, of the, north and south of that river, but on the east side of Galilee, that's Decapolis. Now, I'm not a brilliant at geography here, but I would think if you're going from Tyre to the east side of Galilee, north would not be the way to go, which is where Sidon is. It's like saying, he went to San Diego by way of Seattle. What? Is he, is he, what? What's he doing? He's keeping the pot off the burner. He goes north 
and then east around Dan and comes down. So he goes out of his way to avoid going through Israel and inciting more response, right? So he's going to go all the way north and come back down south. So he's, again, in Gentile territory. He is not with the people of God, but he is still with people whom God loves. You with me? And he gets there, and there he, they bring him a deaf man. He can't even get away here. But now notice what's happening. They bring him a deaf man, and what do they want him to do? They want him to heal him. Why? So the guy's healed? No. So they get a show. They want to be entertained by the miracle. And what does Jesus do? I'm not going to play your game. I'm not going to heal this guy for your entertainment. But I love him. So he takes him and he leads them away, leads him away from the crowd, do you see? And and heals the man by by means of physical touch. Puts his fingers in his ears, he spits and anoints the man, not as gross as it sounds in our culture. It's a fairly common practice in the ancient Near East for the transmission of life. Right? And the man's ears are opened, and now he can speak without impediment. With me? So we're not for the entertainment of the crowds. And Jesus tells the guy, now you can talk. Don't talk. Don't tell anybody. Why? Because we don't want the pot back on the burner just yet. We've still got about another six months before this thing needs to boil over. Pacing, timing. How many of you are aware that God knows how to tell time? And that he tells time differently than you do? That's what's going on here. He's not in anywhere as big a hurry to save the world as you are. Or to save your husband or your wife or your relatives or people around you, right? There's a pacing here. And at the same time, you feel the tension of these two stories. Because Jesus' heart is one of compassion. He's not going to heal people for the entertainment of the crowd. He knows what the Father is up to. But he is impressed with a playful, resolute faith that, that doesn't give up just because. That will find a way to be in real relationship with him and give him a way to do what he really wants to do. You, 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 know, what, you know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and Jesus is, is willing to... Re- I love this. Now, now, this is not just Sunday school Jesus. For those of you who grew up in, in a Sunday school environment, because I never heard this in Sunday school. Right? This is a Jesus who is real. Who is willing to go to Starbucks with me. Who's willing to sit down in the, in the ordinary every day of my life and get his hands dirty with the stuff that I get my hands dirty with, who gets me, right? And is, and, is, and is willing to have a real, honest relationship and conversation with me. But I still respect and honor and trust him as who he is. Do you, do you feel that tension? This is hard, because I'd prefer a Sunday school Jesus, wouldn't you, in some ways? 
who, who I can show up in his house and sing him songs and throw him money and then go away and he doesn't bother me anymore. But that's not who he came to be. He came to bring the kingdom to bear on the outside of the cup, yes, but also on the inside where there's brokenness and chaos and mess and the rules at the edge just don't help. He comes to all of us in those seasons. And here's the deal. Do you want what you need from him? Maybe for a loved one. Maybe for yourself. Maybe for, like this woman, this little girl. Not for purposes of entertainment. But that God might show up in a new way. Are you willing to play with that faith? That's what he calls us to. That's what he calls us to. Here's the response this morning. I've been praying about this, and I'm not even sure this is... This is something that, as Jamie and the team come back here in a couple of minutes, I'm going to invite you as an individual person. Perhaps you want to take somebody with you, but we have places for you to pray. And if this text has addressed you, and you're saying... I want to know that kind of Jesus more. And what's more, I want him to know me. I'm going to risk being under the table, picking up crumbs if that's what I get. I'm there. Maybe it'll just be something between you and him. Maybe somebody else will know. We don't know. It might be for yourself. It might be for somebody else. But you're willing to say, I'm going to risk that kind of playful roughhousing, teasing with Jesus because of the need in my heart. I'm going to invite you to the crosses. If you want somebody to come and pray with you, you do that. But here's the deal. I want you to press in, to bow down to this Jesus, not Sunday school Jesus, but this real man who gets you and who wants you to get him. Will you do that? Let's pray for And Jamie, if you uh, would come up. Thanks, man. Lord, we sit with this text, and it's just um, at so many levels frustrating to us, um, and yet at the same time so challenging and encouraging that, that we can't offend you by believing in you. And so, Lord, with this woman, with this man, not for show, we want to find a way in real relationship, in real dialogue, in real conversation with you to give you a chance to know us, to walk with us, and be known of us. And meet us, O oh God, as we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. I cultivate Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear other messages from the Garden, or if you would like to find out more about the Garden Church, check out our website at thegardenlb.org. you
Thoughts. We need your spirit, oh God, to stir.